0: We're back. Here we are. We are live with an episode one recap of season 41. Welcome in, everyone. It feels amazing to be back. It felt amazing to watch the premiere tonight. I am your host, Dylan Bird, along with my co-host, Ryan Winthrop, here back on the Soul Survivor Podcast. Look, man, it's been 16 months since we have done one of these videos, 16th. 16 months since we have done an episode recap all the way back from the season finale of Winners at War and look we are here for season 41 uh and I'm look I am really excited to get going this year and that was a hell of a premiere in my opinion.
1: Dylan very excited to be back. Um I uh you know I had a choice earlier to either risk my mic or protect my mic and I wanted to be here to talk to you about the episode so I luckily chose to protect my mic so I could be here to discuss that crazy premiere with you. Yeah. Look, look, we have so much to talk about. And I mean, I, I can't be more
0: excited. It's like this all these new twists and everything new that happened tonight has left so much to discuss. And obviously that'll be discussed on our podcast and every other podcast you listen to. And it's just gonna be so amazing to hear all these different opinions and takes and how this is gonna come into the game and how this is gonna shape the game for the season and beyond. Um we had a you know unconventional double vote today. Uh I thought it was just going to be a normal double episode, but it was not that. And we'll get right into that. Um, what were are just, and actually before we get started, also just want to mention you to like this video. If you're watching, be sure to comment, be sure to participate in the live comments. You know, if you have any questions, be sure to ask us also subscribe to this channel. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at soul survivor pod, follow us on Instagram at soul survivor pod, uh, subscribe, rate, review Apple, Spotify, and look, we're going to have a great season. Also, we are introducing a second podcast. Per week. We usually only used to do one. Um, and if we had a guest, maybe two, but this, this time we are going to be doing this season, we're going to be doing a podcast on Wednesday and then at least we will have a podcast to start on Thursdays as well. where We will be doing survivor superlatives. You know, We'll be coming up with different quick hitter questions such as who are the best, you know, who are the top three in the best position right now? Who are the bottom three right now in terms of worst position? And we're just going to answer quick hitting questions like that on the second podcast. That will be tomorrow night at 10, 15 Eastern time live as well. So it's going to start on Thursdays, but could be subject to change whether we get a guest on or something like that. But look, looking forward to doing more than one podcast on each episode per week, but let's get into it because we have so much to talk about. Obviously, you know, Jeff welcomes us back with that little intro where he was, you know, just walking through the woods and talking. Um, Look, he said he was going to break that fourth wall. And that's exactly what he did right off the bat. And I think that the fact that he held uh, that he hid that idol and it ended up coming back to haunt the player later in that episode was just unbelievable to see. So I really like that start. But what was your immediate thought on the on the intro
1: and beyond? Yeah, our man Jeff lured us into a false sense of security. He welcomes us back with saying, everyone. I missed you. I'm excited to see you here. So it's like, okay, we're coming back to what we know, we love it. And then we go from like zero to a hundred. It's almost like you're on like King Taka or you're on Stormrunner, where you go from zero to sixty just in a second, where Welcome back. Okay. Now there's this new twist. Oh, by the way, we're going to show you this. Oh, now you get to see the cast and the crew for the first time with the cameras. There's a lot of new things here. And to your point really quickly, I love that we saw with Tiffany, the flash on the screen with the idol that gave me such flashbacks with, um, with Russell Swan in, uh, Philippines where he's looking for the idol at Matt saying, and he's like, there's going to be a flash on the screen. And you see the idol, like flash on the screen, right w- where he misses it. So I love when they do those little, uh, tricks
0: yeah i thought i thought it was abso- absolutely great um obviously we had the normal you know marooning where they're on the boat um we had again i'm right now i'm just going to use the color tribes not to confuse anyone with the names it's just it's just easier for me to use colors um and probably easier for if you're listening because i'm sure not everyone knows the tribe names yet um but yeah the yellow tribe obviously has a rough time i just want to talk a little bit about the um the editing changes that we saw immediately off the bat um a lot of you know slow-mo slow-mo uh, yeah, images and videos, backstories, footage of families. We've never seen that before in American Survivor. We also were see we also saw the camera crew multiple times in an episode, which we have never seen before. you know, you always wonder how is the camera hidden? How do they do all this stuff? And we saw it. we saw the camera crew, uh, which was pretty cool to see. Um, what were your you know, what's your thoughts on this you know editing change? Um, it definitely felt very new to me. I think that by the time we hit the fourth episode or so, everyone's gonna be used to that kind of stuff already.
1: Yeah. I mean, you said it perfectly. It, it's new and change is always new. And sometimes it's, it's weird to accept. And I feel like you eventually come around to it. So, you know, Dylan and I have been, have been with the show for a long time, you know, watching Survivor. We've gone back and watched old seasons. So seeing these new changes, it's it's kind of weird at first. But, you know, it's, it's actually kind of exciting as well. When we knew from the preseason that Jeff said to us, we're going to invite you into the show. We're going to pull you behind the scenes so you can see what's happening. So not only is it cool to know some of the twists and the new uh features before the castaways know it's really exciting to also you know first see okay this is their first season back you see the camera crew getting ready which we've never seen before and i i don't think we're gonna see that every episode because i'm somebody who wants to see the show uh for the show so it's, it did take you out of the element for a little bit but i guarantee you it's not going to be like that for every episode i just wanted to show you that we had a long hiatus after 16 months we are back and it's kind of like you know you're you're going somewhere you're dusting it off and you're going to go back to what you did so it's exciting
0: yeah, no, I I completely agree. And then we had you know Jeff introducing us to what's called the Beware Advantage comes with a risk, so you better be sure uh, if you want to go for it. I'm um, I i do not believe we really figured out what that is
1: yet. The Beware well, Advantage they, we would have if Tiffany just looked to her right and she pulled the thing out right, of the tree. We, right, we would have done right. it was. So so
0: we are so we are waiting to see what that is. Uh, sounds interesting. Um, but let's get right to a topic that's going to be talked about tonight, I, uh, a lot of a lot tonight, but I don't want to touch on it for too long because there's so much actual game to discuss. Obviously, the, you know, the show opens up with Jeff, you know, possibly questioning um, whether he should use come, come on in guys anymore. Um, everyone says it's OK. Later in the show, uh, record says he thinks it should be switched and then it gets switched to come on in. Um, obviously that's just gonna be a controversial topic. Personally, my thoughts on it, obviously, we have always used come on in guys on this show. It was in our Twitter bio. It was in our Instagram bio, it's probably in our YouTube bio still. Uh, it's obviously a classic phrase of the show. Um, my original thought is that this probably should have been discussed, you know, behind closed doors and then just switched without even telling us so that this way um there would be less people talking about it, less people, you know. Look, people are gonna be offended no matter what happens here, either side um in terms of what the show did if they kept it people would be possibly offended or if they didn't keep it um which they didn't people would possibly be offended by that so i think that the show personally i think they should have just kept it behind closed doors and just not even brought it up and jeff could have just switched it right then and there um but that's pretty much my only thoughts on it i'm basically you know neutral on it i don't think obviously doesn't change the show the show is still what it is so look that's my that's my thoughts on that and i'm
1: excited to get talking to the strategy now yeah, no, of course. I definitely think it's an interesting topic to discuss. And like you said, there are going to be people on both sides. And again, Jeff is the producer. So we're going to go with what Jeff thinks is best for you know the show in its longevity. I, I just didn't want to put anybody in an awkward spot in the moment. But it sounds like it's going to be a change. And we'll see how it plays out. I want to just go back really quickly to the beware advantage before we get too much into what we saw because we didn't see the advantage that much. Do we think that it's going to be um, just simply lose your vote because jeff did say it's called beware because you have to be sure you want to go for it so could it just be simply like the um like the two other twists we saw tonight where if you get the beware advantage you will possibly lose your vote could it be something similar to jeremy's safety without power where it's a beware where you're safe but you have to leave do we have any thoughts about what it might look like
0: I think it's going to be risking your vote, obviously, because it's beware. It seems like almost every advantage, you're going to have to risk your vote. And I think Jeff had said that in the past. Um, so again, I don't know what the reward is, but I think it could be a Jeremy type thing where uh, like you could be safe, but like maybe you have to risk your vote, something like that. Um, so look, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see all these advantages. Um but yeah, I mean, I don't have too much thoughts on it yet, obviously, because we didn't see it. But I think that these new advantages are trending in the right direction for sure. I mean, I loved pretty much everything we saw, we saw tonight in terms of yeah. the new advantage stuff.
1: I guess my quick question to you also is because Jeff said he's placing one at each camp. So if it is an idol, if you risk your vote, that would be three idols in the game. We don't think there's other idols besides these these three, right? It's probably like that's the idol for each camp. I, I would think. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I think.
0: My my mm-hmm. guess is that the beware, you know what? That's actually a good point. I think the beware advantage could be a new idol, and just risk you risk your vote to get the idol, yeah. um, or maybe because well,
1: could, well, could you imagine if those there there were three beware advantages at, at each camp and then three idols at each camp? Like that would be getting to a lot of different uh... and. And when, and when we get in a sticky situation is going to be when these people actually
0: risk their vote, get the advantage. And then people realize that they didn't have a vote. And then they're going to be questioned about, well, why do you, why didn't you vote? Like, how do you lose your vote? And they are not, who knows what they're going to say. Like, this is, you know, this is obviously stuff that has never happened before. People have, people haven't known how to deal with this stuff. And you will get into this because I thought one player in particular handled it extremely well. Um, But let's get, let's get right to it. We got the green tribe who is you I want to say uh, 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 uh. Luvu, which is blue and Yase, which is yellow. I'm just going to use colors because I know that everyone listening does not know the names yet or, or might not want to even follow by the names and just the colors. Um, look, this, this first, uh, this first challenge was a small one. Obviously we had two massive blunders by the yellow and the blue tribe. The yellow couldn't find the paddle because it kind of color, uh, camouflaged in with that rope. And then we had the blue tribe who didn't unhook their back anchor, which is pretty funny. Uh, immediately off the bat, my, my thinking was that the green tribe is the best tribe. And I just, I got a great vibe from them. And even at tribal council tonight, you still got a great vibe from them. They were saying they're very calm, very cool and collected. I think we could see a lot of really good players come out of that tribe. And I'm excited to see them going forward. I'd honestly be surprised if we see them back at tribal council pretty soon. Um, I think this, it just, it just, I mean, it just so happened that they went strictly because they couldn't come in second. Um, But they seem like a very, a tribe that gels very well together and a lot of very good players on that tribe.
1: Yeah, no, we're on the same wavelength. I think if you pulled Twitter, because obviously we saw the, uh, the cast photos, but also the tribe photos before the season went live, and we all saw them. I think a lot of us, myself included, and you, we would have bet money that UWA, uh, the Green Tribe, would have won the first challenge. Granted, I didn't know at the time only one tribe would be safe. But um, in the end, I think that we all thought green would be great. And they did very well in that first challenge. Did you realize that they didn't unclip? I thought for the longest time they were just doing such a bad job paddling. I didn't realize they physically did not unclip the back.
0: I was actually watching with friends and my friends, like they didn't unclip the back. They didn't unclip the back. I'm like, what are you talking about? They just can't paddle. And he was right, actually. But- Uh, you know, we, we mentioned that we really do like this green tribe. I just want to talk about a few, obviously it's the first episode. I want to talk about a few of the players on this tribe before we, you know, we get into the, usually we go in chronological order. I'm kind of just explain things, how they happen. But I think that a lot of people in the comments want to know what we think about some of these players. Um, specifically the one that caught my eye the most, and probably most other people is JD, who is a huge personality, a guy who I think is going to be a fan favorite. And I texted you in the middle of the episode. I said, he's getting the David Wright at it right now. And every single first episode every single season a survivor there's always that one player who you absolutely love and you're so afraid is going to go home it's happened every single season obviously david wright was the name that came to my mind he ends up going far and being the fallen angel that season a fan favorite who comes back uh and it was jd tonight obviously remember even in season 38 kelly wentworth's name was on the chopping block in episode one whether she was actually in danger or not we don't know but we knew she was a fan favorite that is a survivor trick editing trick it's how they how they make you so mentally. And while I do think JD was actually in trouble tonight, it's just a mentally, it's a mental attachment. You get to this cast already. And I think that survivor does it really well, but I love JD. I think he's, and we could talk about this on the podcast tomorrow in terms of players we think are in the best position um, or people you think are most likely to go far. But I think JD is going to be exceptional in this game. I think he, you know, obviously he got lucky tonight because he did seem like he was trying a little bit too hard at the beginning just to make relationships. But I also think that that's what his personality is. I think he's just a huge personality. Um, And I think that it was so enjoyable to watch him on, on, you know, watch him tonight on TV. Um, And he's going to be a great player, I think, and character of this season.
1: Yeah, no, I co-sign your thoughts about JD. Also, we're kind of answering Julia's question here about any thoughts on JD. Uh, Just really quickly before I go into my thoughts, um, Dylan said this at the start, but we saw that people started to come in after we started obviously put all of your comments and your questions in the chat. And if it kind of aligns with what we're talking about, as we see here with Julia's comment, we're gonna bring it up on the screen and we're gonna go into it. And then if we don't get to any comments or questions, you know, throughout the middle of the show, we will go over some questions and comments at the end. So keep putting them in the uh, comment section and we'll go over it. But yeah, no, I really like JD. I said this to you in the off season that I looked at his bio, I saw his video and I really liked him right away. He and Deshaun were two people where, you know, you see their video, And right away when they start talking, I I just a smile came to my face. They have like an infectious uh, personality. They're just so uh, fun loving and very, um, you know, very captivating. And I do think JD, you bring up a really good point where he got that David Wright edit. And I don't want to say it was like very obvious that he would be safe because there have been times where the first boot seems obvious and they are obvious. But yeah, we were getting a lot of JD. The show clearly likes him. The other players clearly like his personality. He's very engaging in confessionals. We love a good narrator in confessionals. Um, Shan is good in confessionals too, but we'll we'll get more into Shan. Um, So I have a feeling that even though I was worried for JD for a while, as soon as the whispering started to happen and as soon as Brad made his blunder that we'll go over, I thought JD was going to be fine because there's a lot more to see of this guy and I can't wait to see JD get even further, hopefully in the game
0: yeah uh and you mentioned shan is also another great personality genie a great personality and i mean this this tribe and and ricard i think is a player that is going to fly under the radar early but he clearly has a you know is probably at the top of that strategy um very savvy Yeah, he he pulls off something that i thought was very very smart at tribal council that we'll get into later but i really do like this tribe and i think brad is like the is like the key film most of this season he's like he's pretty likable he's not all there in terms of game but like he's gonna work really hard he's probably gonna be really good at challenges and i think that you know guys you know people like him and i i think that every single survivor season needs a brad type and he just so happens to be put on this green this green tribe as well so i think this is gonna be a great tribe i do want to move more with the chronological order right now so we get into what actually happened and as we know we talk we will go more and more into these players but after this first, first challenge happened, we have the savvy or sweat challenge. Um, both tribes that lost in order to get, you know, their supplies, they need to do, they need to complete this challenge. They can either choose sweat, which is carrying water back and forth and filling up two barrels in four hours or, um, savvy, which is, you know, basically locating how many triangles are within a triangle. Um, but they only get one try. Um, personally, I would have chose The Sweat. I know that they exhausted themselves right away, but I think that those challenges that are mental and you only get one try, that's a recipe for disaster in my opinion because you would have had so many people differing of opinions. You would have had a bunch of people fighting and it would have just been a disaster. Uh, These two tribes, they took their most fit and athletic
1: players and they put them right to the challenge and it worked. Yeah, let us know in the comments if you would have chosen Savvy or Sweat. For me, it's interesting because... I feel like on shows like this or shows like on the amazing race, like they always have this type of decision where there's a, there's one choice where it takes a long time, but it's very easy. The task is very simple. Like you do this, it's a lot of effort, but you know what you have to do. It's very straightforward. And you have another one where it may not take as long and it's not as physically demanding, but it's, um it's obviously a lot more complex and it's very tricky and you can get it wrong. So I feel like, At first, I was saying to myself, I want to go for the surefire bet. I would choose Sweat. You know, I would rather be the guy not doing the challenge so I can, you know, integrate myself well with the tribe, uh, the four that didn't have to do it. But the more I thought about it, I feel like, I mean, obviously, people could have been very gassed after the challenge. People could have been very exhausted and maybe not done well in the actual immunity challenge. Um, And I mean, obviously, this harkens us back to the log challenge in um, in Winners at War, because they they love that type of physically demanding challenge that puts people through the ringer. I feel like, though, Dylan, with four hours and you have some really smart people on some of those tribes, I feel like in four hours you maybe could figure out, like, with the, with the six of you, like, what you need to do for this, um, the triangles, now. No
0: yeah I mean look I think they could have figured it out um personally I think it was just a safer move to do the to do the water I mean look you had one tribe who had an ex-NFL player on the on the doing the challenge you had the other team who who, who had a guy who apparently Xander runs 13 miles a day he had that in his bio so when you have two incredibly athletic players um doing the doing the challenge for you I think you know to me it was just it was a guarantee, whereas the other was not a guarantee. And those players were willing to you know, do it. Now, I want to get into something that happens here, um, especially with the Blue Tribe, since we're not going to end up talking about them much at all since they want immunity. Um, Danny and Deshaun, they go to look for an idol while this is all going on. And immediately, my, my brain thought, wait, they're kind of in a, in a in a spot on the beach where nobody could really see them. Maybe this is actually smart the exception possibly to looking for an idol on the first episode, which a lot of people, you know, you're not really supposed to do. Otherwise you could put a big target on your back. I thought, well, maybe they'll be isolated from the rest of the tribe. This could be a good move and a smart move. And then Nazir was peeking on them and he was not happy. Um, I thought it was going to be the reason why they didn't get the challenge done. Clearly they had so much time on their hands that they were yeah. willing to do that. Um, was it the smartest thing ever to do? Um, Probably not, and we'll see how that affects them the rest of the time. I want to know what your thoughts on that was. Yeah, I,
1: I, I was actually surprised. I thought for sure the um the the payoff was gonna be okay, they send time looking for an idol and they didn't get the challenge done, but they had so much time regardless that they still managed to finish it off. Um, I did think it was weird and obviously not a great decision for um for uh who was it? It was Danny and Deshaun. Did mm-hmm. it? I thought it was a weird decision just because. From when like they showed where because there was a certain place where they had to get water from, they couldn't just go right in front of them, they had to like go down a certain path and get water. And I thought for sure that you would think to yourself, okay, if you're going to be doing this for four hours, your tribe may come to check on you see how you're doing, or they may come to cheer you on and say like, you guys got this, you're almost there. And I, so I, I was surprised they thought they thought to do this because clearly we saw Nasir, go up and peek to see what they were doing. And then then they got caught. Now I think luckily for them, we'll see how it plays out. If um, the blue tribe Luvu goes to Tribal council, but clearly this could have backfired. I mean, for them, uh, Nasir goes back and tells the rest of the tribe, which is Erica, Sydney, and um, Erica, Sydney. And who's the other guy in that tribe?
0: Uh, Uh, Erica, wait, uh, Erica, Sydney, and uh, the other, the other girl in that tribe. It's a Heather.
1: Oh, it was the other girl. I'm sorry, Heather. Yeah, we, we didn't see a lot of Heather, so I yeah. completely forgot. Uh, he tells the three girls that what they're doing, and then Sydney goes right back and tells Deshaun. So that does put the seer in some hot water, but it obviously could have been a lot worse for Danny and Deshaun.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, look, we'll see what happens with that. Um, now we move to the other tribe, which was the yellow tribe. We have Liana and uh, Evie is how you pronounce that, right? I think so, yeah yet so they make an alliance uh abraham immediately starts talking about targeting tiffany and as soon as he was throwing out that name i was like he's in big trouble because that is i mean it just he was just creating nonsense um basically right away which was what, unnecessary what was his reason
1: because his she reason went to was know, that, jump yeah, in so, the so, water
0: so first of all, we're, we're, we're fans of Tiffany on this podcast. She's from Plainview, which is my – Plainview, Plainview New York, which is where I live, um, and 10 minutes away from Ryan. So, look, a, lo- a local uh, local woman, you got to support, and I, I love to see it. Um, but that being said, his reasoning was, like, ridiculous also. It was like, oh, she wasn't helping fu- – she, like, jumped to collect the – the uh the paddles instead of like trying to find it but like realistically like they need to be collected like she was just assuming that somebody was going to find it like it was nothing wrong it was just like he made up a a bs excuse that well she
1: she jumped in the water i think to like gather the paddles that they had to make sure they wouldn't go away and i think according to abraham he said like one of them started to float away and she was letting it get i don't know what his reasoning was but yeah yeah. it gave me big vibes of uh sierra in game changers where if you're somebody who is trying to game like you know that early it could, it could pay off in your favor, but for some people in some seasons, that's going to get a target right on your back. And clearly Evie picked up on that. And she's like, I can't get, uh, I can't let Tiffany go. So Abraham needs to be looked at.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah, I, I I do. Yeah. I agree with what you're saying. Um, now, in, in terms of the timeline of the show here, we, we, we pan to the green tribe. Obviously we already touched on pretty much all of them. So I don't want to touch too much there. Um, obviously, you know, both tribes get the sweat done, as we said. Um, and look, Now we have the boat thing, which happens. So the boat comes to each camp, one person from each tribe needs to get in. This was the point in the show. I was like, all right, this is a weird episode. We're not getting a double episode. We are getting possibly a double boot later. That's what I thought was going to happen. But this was probably my favorite part of this episode. I thought that this twist was amazing. First of all, there's so many, so many social dynamics that go into this boat twist that they had, um, as you called it, the prisoner's dilemma. And, you know, So first of all, the first social dynamic is you have to have somebody step up and go, which means that they isolate themselves and the others are all left at camp. Um, And there were, you know, guys who did it differently, obviously. So I I think Danny is somebody who surprised me a little bit in this episode. Um, A lot of people were, you know, just, you know, I saw people on Twitter and uh, other articles being like, oh, he's just going to be the classic XFNX NFL player who, you know, is not that strategic and just very good at challenges. He obviously, you know maybe he he was a little bit risky in some of his decisions but I think that he he had a he has a pretty good grasp of the game from what I saw um he volunteers immediately to go whereas Xander they go and I think the decision for Xander to go was a good one because they figured that he would tell them everything that happened which he did and um, we're gonna talk about that in a little bit um and then JD they did it because they just drew drew rocks uh so anyway all these players they go out um they have to walk up this path. They have to bond with each other. So that's another thing I like is the fact that all these players are making connections before they have any kind of tribes tribe swap. I think that's going to come come into play later in this game between those three players. Uh, it's going to be something to watch out for and probably something we're going to look back on. Um, you know, it could be 10 episodes from now where two of those players or three of those players have a bond that has not been broken strictly because they went on that challenge together. So I think that dynamic. And then obviously we had the big decision that each guy had to make. And do you want to explain it to everybody?
1: Yeah, I just got to say, first of all, I feel so bad for both Xander and Danny because they had to do both of the challenges. They had to do the sweat and then they had to walk all the way up to the summit. So, I mean, look, not only did they uh, volunteer to do this and be isolated from the tribe where they could have been, um, you know, left out of strategy talk. They had to do those two physically demanding challenges or tasks before the first challenge. So I I, got to give my hats off to them in that regard. But um. Yeah, no, this was very interesting. Uh, so basically, like you were saying, they go to this summit in a way and they get to know each other, which obviously I think is good for making inner tribe connections. You never know when a swap is going to happen. It could be as soon as next episode or two episodes from now. So you want to build those inroads early and they get to the summit and then they need to separate and make their own choice individually. And then they get to the ship wheel where it says you can either protect your vote or risk your vote. And like you mentioned, this is a classic prisoner's dilemma where if everybody... Protects their vote, then nothing happens. You go back all's well, like nothing happened. If everybody risks their vote, or ev- then you all don't get to vote. But here's where the caveat is: if one or two of the three risk their vote, and someone protects, then those who are risky ballsy enough to risk their vote get a extra vote in the game that they can use. Up to the final six, I believe so. This was a very interesting twist. Um, Vignesh, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, asks in the chat, Would you guys have chosen to protect or risk your vote? Now, Dylan, we were texting about this. Uh, you had a thought, I had a thought, but I may have changed my mind. So, what do you think first? Okay, so originally, I thought personally I would have protected
0: my vote. Uh, now there's a few reasons that I had behind this is that first of all, if you protect your vote, um, you could literally, you could, you could easily tell every, every single thing that happened, um, to your tribe and, and be like, I protected my vote. Um, and like Danny did to me, there would be so many small details that would make it seem like you're telling the truth. Um, and I personally, I you know, first episode, you kind of want to have your vote. If you're in a position like JD and you, you know, and you end up losing a vote, let's just say, for example, that let's say one like JD lost a vote. He could have been, you know, in big trouble tonight, theoretically. So I was thinking that it was the right move to protect your vote, not take a big risk early in this game, Um, especially because if everybody risked it, then you would end up losing it. So it was, it was definitely very tough. Uh, You had to kind of, you know, weigh what other people were thinking. Personally, I would just, you know, it's episode one. I would play it safe um, and just protect your vote. I think that there's a pretty good argument, obviously, for risking your vote, especially if you're sure that one of the people is going to protect it, then I think that, you know, there's a good reasoning. Now, the only thing is if you risk your vote, and you end up getting the extra vote. Now, now, well, first of all, I have to mention that I did not realize in in the time that they were not going to know if they got it yet. That was cool. Council, which was was very awesome. And also, um, just something that like, Plays a role differently. So Xander played this perfectly, and which is what I was going to say before. Xander's yeah. incredibly smart. I got great vibes from him in this, in this uh, episode. um He's definitely he. If you read his articles, he said he was going to be like a Devon type, and you know maybe seem like he's not that smart, but he's clearly, clearly very, very smart. He basically told them the complete truth and was like, "I risked my vote. I don't know. I could have lost my vote tonight at Tribal Council, but I won't know yet." Um, Uh, uh, but if I do get this advantage, then we could use it for the tribe in future swaps. So I think that he kind of presented it uh, very well to his tribe. Not only did he tell the truth, he he told, he was like, well, it would be for the tribe if we get it. Now that's obviously a huge risk also, because now that he was able to vote and people know that people know that he has the advantage. So it's kind of a double edged sword.
1: I think it's very interesting, Dylan, because he did a really good job with his story. Um, but I think it worked even better because of his personality. He's a young guy. He's very likable. He seems pretty charming. People seem to get along with him very well. He's a um, he's very fit, so he's going to be good for challenges. Imagine if um, – let's just pretend David, who I guess is going by Voce on the, uh, on the show. Imagine if he went to the summit and then he used the exact same story of he risked it, but he said, but I did it because I'm trying to help us. David comes off as more – Uh, I don't want to say sketchy because it's not polite, but he comes off as more, you know, more of a gamer type He comes off as more of a gamer type than Xander. So I guarantee you if they both told the same exact uh, story of I'm doing this for us, people would believe Xander way more of, okay, you're, you're a good guy. You're doing it for the tribe. Whereas David would have been seen as way more um, as a gamer in that regard. So I think it was a good thing for Xander because it meshes with his personality or how they perceive his personality. Um, and yeah, and I love actually, I just, I just love in the comments, how it, people are going back and forth of some people would risk it. Some people would not risk it. I, I said to Dylan earlier that I, I think at first, my first thought was I want to protect my votes. And I think just knowing my personality, I would have done that on the Island as well, just because it's, it's a six person tribe. Like Jeff said, there's nowhere to hide. And you know, if something goes wrong and you can either make the vote three, three to tie it for yourself, or you can go home four two, you don't want to lose it there. But I was reading some comments on Twitter, and I see what people are saying where it's kind of just like, you know, if you do this and you just – all you need is just one person to protect, and then even if two people say risk, you're fine, you can get that advantage until the final six. And sometimes one vote's not going to sway a tribal anyway, and I feel like – I don't know. I feel like it's a big risk, but I feel like it may not be as big of a risk as it's being made to be, I feel like.
0: Yeah, uh, it, it kind of just depends your position in the tribe, in my opinion. Um, now, my thing that'll be interesting with Xander is now everyone's going to know that he has the has the extra vote because he obviously was able to vote. He didn't lose his vote. People saw the numbers, saw the votes. They know that he that, that six votes came out, so he had his vote. So he told them he risked it, and now he's gonna they're going to know that he has the extra votes. So will Xander have a big target on his back because of this, or will they say, all right, he told the truth, he has an advantage, this is not something we have to worry about right now?
1: Yeah. It, no, it's I, interesting. yeah, again, I, I think that, uh, you know, JD is obviously coming from a place of he was on the chopping block early. So even though he has this extra vote, he has to um, do uh, do some groundwork to really, you know, just elevate his position in the game. I think, you know, from what we saw, he's on the right side of the vote tonight. He doesn't get any votes. I feel like he might be in that David Wright spot where he's going to really like accelerate as the game goes on. But yeah, I think you're right. I think Xander is in a good spot right now. And I think he played it off pretty well. Um I just feel like this was a really interesting twist. I love um, it's weird because we we always say that too many twists can affect the game in a way that we don't like because we prefer, you know, the show being traditional and how it goes with, you know, the formula. But just the, having a prisoner's dilemma here where you meet people and you have to kind of trust them right away, was just really, really interesting.
0: Yeah, this was this was absolutely awesome. This was 11 out of 10 for me. I thought it was amazing. I I I think that if there are, if there are more twists like this as the season goes on, which I think there will be, I think this is going to make for an incredible season. Um which it, it's like there's so much going on already, which is great and also could be confusing, but I I think that as as we get more into the survivor mode of just like being focused on what's everything going on, um it'll it'll start to seem normal again. Um but yeah, I I thought that this was a great great um addition to the show a great um twist and I think that I can't really like criticize anyone's decision obviously like I can't even criticize Danny's decision because if he if he if he risks it then everyone loses their vote like it's it's a weird it's a weird type thing um yeah. you know what I mean like and uh, so I, again I don't know if Danny had lost had risked it and lost his vote and then the others lose their vote also w- because he was safe tonight would that have not went into effect or would that have Went into effect next episode. you think?
1: I feel like Survivor doesn't want doesn't want you to get get away scot free with that because it's like, oh, I just happen to be safe, so I don't have to pay the price. I right. feel like the next time he goes to tribal, he would have to suffer that fate. I think that's what it would be. Um, and, and, wanna- and and the
0: other thing I'm going to say is that okay, Danny doesn't have the extra vote, but if he made a good enough alliance with those two guys, which it seems like that they did, then he could end up having basically possession of that extra vote if they're all on us. If they're all, you know. In alliance together they could possibly have two extra votes so i think this, yeah. this worked out well and if they tell the truth to each other about two of them getting the extra vote and if they tell the th-
1: truth to each other that can make for a dangerous threesome come merge time yeah and we knew danny wasn't gonna uh be deceitful because dylan we read in his bio that one of his pet peeves is lying in the yeah. game of survivor so we knew that danny was either going to be an honest player and protect his vote and tell the truth or he was going to tell the truth, but still risk his vote and lose it. So I we knew that was going to come from Danny. I wanted to just say quickly before we go to the next um, part of the episode, which is going to be the challenge and the shot in the dark, which we need to talk about. Um, I just want to go back to the green tribe really quickly. I, I know we're going to go into them more later, but I just want to go, go into Chantel and JD a little bit. You know, it was so interesting because JD and Chantel, from a first glance, they are trying to do the same things, where they're talking to different people, they're making connections, they're trying to build bonds. But it's almost like where JD was like saying that he can do it. And Chantel was showing that she can do it. Where she was doing a lot of the active listening. She wasn't doing as much of the, the talking or more of like, you know, the leading the conversation. And I feel like she's going to be seen as a great, um, you know, ally for a lot of people. Clearly a lot of people trusted her tonight. Some people like Sarah trusted her and they shouldn't have. But it was just so interesting to see JD, who I thought was doing a really good job at making inroads get called out right away by Ricard. And Ricard was very perceptive for that. Meanwhile, Chantelle is doing a great job at listening and everybody's going to her. And I love how she describes her position later on in the episode.
0: Yes, I completely agree with that. And it actually leads me to say that JD, he did not handle it handle this correctly when he went back to camp and talked about whether he could risk or protect i think he he was trying too hard to come up with a scenario that was like true but not true and it made him like hesitate with the story a little bit so i think that people definitely think that he has the advantage um now we'll see if jd could recover all it's all it'll take is that for them to win immunity once or twice in a row and i think this will probably be forgotten at least until a little bit later or it'll get him to a tribe swap so
1: yeah no i mean listen and again this is all in the first hour we still have another yeah. hour to get to with has the challenge the shot in the dark and the two tribal councils but yeah, no, they crammed a lot into this first hour um so yeah that's exciting yeah and let's get to it now we're introduced to the shot in the dark die which is
0: new in this um every single tribal council if you feel like you are going home and you have no chance you could use the shot in the dark you risk your vote and uh you have a one in six shot at safety. So if you roll the dice and hit the safety, then then you then you are safe at, uh, at Tribal Council. Uh, if you don't get it, then you uh, don't have a vote, and you are and you are still possibly could go home. Now the thing that me and Ryan were trying to figure out, and we'll see if the comments know this, is if you are safe, do you still lose your vote, or if you're safe, do you get to vote still and you're safe? Um, obviously, if you don't roll on safe, then you lose your vote and you're not safe. Um, yeah. so somebody in the comments could clarify, cause I think we were trying to figure that I, I don't know if they made that that clear. Um, but I, th- I personally, I would like to credit this podcast for us coming up with an idea similar to this. We said that they were going to evolve the 50 50 coin into a dice type thing. And that's pretty much what they did here, except for it's available to every player, every single tribal council and you have to risk your vote. Uh, personally, I love this. I think there's going to be new strategy involved. And in my opinion, we even saw some strategy involved with it that I'm not sure people caught, um, in this episode, uh, and I'm pretty excited for people to see it. So what are your, what are your thoughts, Ryan?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of different things that we can talk about this. Cause I think it can go both ways. Um, and actually like uh, Cortez brings up a good point in the chat where, you know, if someone like JD who had the extra vote decided to do the hail Mary, uh, could he still use his vote? But I think uh, Cortez may have answered their own question where you think, yeah. I think you lose your vote in order to that's roll. What, I think, that's, that's, what what I think is. Is. that's what I think it is. Also, um, yeah, There's a lot of different ways to go about this. I think this has potential to be a really great twist and it has also potential to obviously blow up in their face. You know, obviously you can say the downside is, well, if everybody can be safe and you might get like an advantage, get in, and then we lose someone like a Sari and you never want to do that. Oh yeah. Sorry. His extra vote. Yeah. Um, You never want to see everybody safe where somebody could get screwed like Sari did. So advantage get in is obviously a concern here. And another thing Dylan and I were trying to figure out. And I think Chrissy was saying this on Twitter is, is the probability, probability the same for every person. Like if, um, if Ricard, uh, does a shot in the dark and he does a one in six chance and he doesn't get it. Then does the next person go up, get a one in five chance? Cause that wouldn't be fair if you vote later. So no, well, I no, think that I, I think the dice is the same. It probably him. is always like a one in six chance where you yeah. uh, get you get your scroll and then you, right. no matter what, you put it back right. into the pot regardless. Yeah. Cause that, that would be way too unfair. Uh, but then again, Dylan, if that's the case and let's just say four different people in a final six or final five do that. Cause everybody gets one, everybody gets one roll your die. Um, then you can get, like, up potentially four people safe, which is crazy, especially if that fifth person has immunity and then you get another advantage get I will say the one thing that I do like before I pass it back to you is I think it's great that everybody gets one shot at this and everybody gets it at the very beginning of the game, so it's an even playing field. It's not like, oh, someone like a Ben Dreebergen is finding, like, three shots in the dark uh, in the forest. So I do like how it's an even playing field. People get the same information at the start of the game, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And I mean,
0: look, if a lot of people are doing this, um, I, I think the only reason this works is because one, there's risk involved. Um, so like not everyone's going to do it every time because there's risk involved. You could lose your vote, which could be obviously crucial. could be the reason you go home. Um, at the same time, there's only a 16.666% chance that, uh, that you land on safe. So I think that there's again not only is there risk it's not a big chance so I don't think you're going to see like three people roll safe at once like I don't think it's not like a 50-50 coin where theoretically that could happen and it's not that great like there's just really it's very slim odds that every that, like multiple people roll safe in one tribal
1: I mean it's and obviously it adds even more to it that um the decision is completely in private like obviously I think you you would lose some of this um some of this uh, suspense if you know publicly you had to say I would like to play my shot in the dark tonight because then that just becomes a complete like cluster f right there so i love how you can do it in secret you walk up you pop your little die into the uh, should, should they don't should they have rolled the die like we've evolved from a coin flip which is a one and two chance to a um die, die roll which is a one and six shot but you don't even roll the die you just put the die in, in, in a little thing
0: you put the oh you put in a little uh do you not roll yeah. the die or no you, you
1: don't you don't like physically like roll the die you just like plop the die into a little uh box thing i think
0: oh interesting we'll have to see what happens when it's actually played but i do want to get to the immunity challenge quick uh obviously we had the twist of uh two tribes going home which i figured was going to happen um based on it taking that long um we had you know the forgotten puzzle piece in the bag a classic um so the blue tribe wins immunity now we have yellow and green going to tribal um look the yellow tribe Yase. that that vote was i thought pretty i think that it was telegraphed like i thought personally i was I thought abraham was gonna go home i told you i thought that from from when he was throwing out tiffany's name um tiffany obviously was looking for that idol she was right there couldn't actually find it in that one branch uh abraham ends up going home we don't have i don't really want to touch on that too much because we honestly there's not much to talk about there in my opinion
1: yeah, yeah all i would say is like that's basically um because i'm sure some people tonight might be new fans of survivor they might be you know older fans like us and i guarantee you some people watching the show tonight are also both new and old fans and i feel like this was it was actually kind of nice that yellow that the yellow tribe Yase went to the tribe tribal first because that's a classic survivor vote where there's no idols there's no scrambling. There's no whispering, which we're gonna get to because I still have problems with it. Um, it's just simply look: is it A or is it B? And it's just basically like that's what Sur- that's what Survivor used to be, where it's just you know a um, a two point decision. I forget what it's called, um, but I really like how you know that's what we opened up with. It lets people say, okay, you know this is what Survivor is. Are they gonna vote on Abraham, who could be stronger than Tiffany, or is Tiffany gonna be saved because Evie wants her as a number? And you see that strategy prevails over strength. We actually had a comment earlier in the chat, I think, from – I want to get this right. Who said it in the chat? Um, I think it was Lightning Blitz earlier where they said, do you think it's better to vote off somebody who you don't trust or someone who's weak in the challenges? And I feel like people have different thoughts on this. I know Stephen Fishback has different thoughts on this. David, David Bloomberg has different thoughts on this. I feel like you should always try to keep this tribe strong at first, like vote out the weak and then the strong. So I feel like you can make an argument that, like, if you go to tribal the first two times, maybe vote to keep the tribe strong first. But then if you go back again, and clearly you're not going to keep the tribe strong by keep doing this, maybe then take out a actual strategic threat or someone who's playing hard there. But no, I I thought it was very interesting. And um, listen, I mean, I think Abraham was interesting, a player, but someone had to go first yeah um now i do want to get to this this
0: green vote here um first of all we had a lot going on at camp uh people thought it was going to be they thought they were it looks like there was going to be jd first and then all of a sudden brad just throws out shannon sarah's name in front of everybody which by the way as i tweeted i tweeted this from our account every single season needs to have a brad they they know what they're they know what they're doing when they cast uh crazy move by him to bring it up to everybody um it was just he caught himself in a dilemma of saying that I don't think JD should go home. And then everyone else was basically standing right there. So he had, didn't really have I, much of a choice. It was just something that he should have been quiet. But it was pretty hilarious. He mentions both their names and they're standing right there.
1: I, that that has happened way too many times in Survivor. And you're right. I, I feel like we do need a player like that just because it... It causes chaos. It causes chaos. It causes chaos. It, it causes chaos. I, I still can't believe that we're doing this 41 seasons in. But there will always be somebody who says it. Either because they just don't care or they're just not thinking clearly. I'm not sure which one it is for Brad. I'm going to guess it's maybe towards the second one. He just wasn't thinking clearly. Um, but yeah, no, that was just really interesting. And I think Dylan, I got a little too excited here. When I saw what Chantel was uh, trying to do here, I got a little overhyped. I thought she was going to try to pull off a three, two, one. And I got very, very excited. I knew it, that was too much to hope for in episode one with the three, two, one. But that was really interesting. And I'm sure we're going to talk more about Chantel both tonight and tomorrow during our Superlatives podcast. But I loved how she was describing her position kind of like a pyramid where it's like, you know, I'm at the bottom in terms of I wasn't great at the challenge, so I could be targeted. I'm at the top because I am being included in in every single conversation. Um, And, you know, people want to talk to me about the vote tonight, so I know where the vote might go. But then I'm also in the middle in terms of the – I think what she said in the middle, like like she's either the swing or she has, like, you know, some some leverage. So I loved – she basically was almost in a way describing – a new way of saying like outwit, outplay, outlast in a way where she, the the different elements of the game. So I really liked um, hearing her thoughts on that. And yeah, I will admit, I agree with you that I thought Abraham was going to be the vote at the first Tribal. I did not know who was going home in that second. The only person who I knew was going to be safe was Jeannie and Ricard because their names didn't even come up. But any of the other, actually, I I think Chantal was fine. But like Brad, Sarah and JD, I thought were going to be the ones who, who all could have gone home. So that was really yeah. interesting. Originally I thought Sarah was going to be voted out. Cause as I said before, I said, I thought that JD was
0: getting that David right at it and we were going to be fine there. Um, but then obviously the whole tribal goes live and people start whispering. Um, I, I think there are a few things to take away with this. So first of all, I would like to just clarify it was a four, one, one vote. Sarah gets voted out. Okay. Ricard, Brad, um, Chantel and JD all vote for Sarah. Jeannie votes for Ricard and does her own thing, and then um obviously Sarah uh left out of the vote and votes for Brad. So yeah, uh, I think so. Okay, a few a few takeaways here. First of all, JD got no votes, um, which is which is right, which is interesting considering his name was originally on the chopping block. Um, the other thing is that I think Ricard, and this is where I said the shot in the dark comes into play, Ricard. I think that, and we'll talk about more of this on the the Superlatives podcast tomorrow. I really like Ricard to go far in this game. Uh, You know, He is a flight attendant like we remember Todd was. Those people are very good in terms of social cues. Ricard made a very low-key genius move at Tribal Council today. Um, Obviously, Sarah was very nervous about going home, but now if you're nervous about going home, you have an opportunity to save yourself. I think that Ricard threw Brad's name out in order to divert, in order to make Sarah feel more safe, safe enough to not do the shot in the dark. So I think, yeah, yeah, I think, I think that that's what he intended to do. Cause originally we were like, well, why did he yell at Brad if Chantel didn't even end up voting Brad? Um, Like, like how did that, the the main key is that Sarah was sitting right there. I think he basically just wanted to um, make sure that she felt safe and was not going to use that shot in the dark.
1: Yeah, obviously, Ricard and Chantelle were kind of like in lockstep in this vote because it was almost like volleyball, where you know one of them bumps it or sets it to the other, and the other one spikes it. Where Ricard throws out Brad's name, maybe in a way, like you said, to dissuade Sarah from doing a shot in the dark. But then Chantelle puts it in the uh, put it puts it in the book because then uh, Sarah turns to her and says, "Should I put my shot in the dark, or how do you think I am?" And Chantelle cold. She's cold as ice. Chantel says, no, you're good. You're good. Like You're fine. You do not need to play your shot in the dark. You're fine. And then she turns on Sarah. Um, Mirror says in the chat that they didn't like Shan turning on Sarah. I'm curious if that will be good for Shan or bad. I think Shan's still in a good spot, so I don't think it's a bad thing. But, um, yeah, no, that was just such an interesting thing, and I would love to hear a confessional. If Brad did that and that was intentional, I would love to hear him own it in confessional. So can- if, Brad, if Brad did say this again, if Brad did what? I said Brad. Oh yeah, you said Brad. Ricard. Yeah, Ricard I'm still Ricard. learning names. I'm still learning names. Um, <laughs> I, I w- if Ricard did that on purpose to throw her off the scent, I would love for him to own it in confessional next yeah. episode. Yeah, if, if I that's think true. I think that was the reasoning behind that. Now the other thing is, I think that
0: this tribal showed us a few more like relationships that we didn't really know was a, a thing necessarily. Uh it looks like Chantel and JD are a lot closer than people think. Yeah. Um, because it seemed like Chantel and JD were gonna vote together no matter what um Ricard seems to be in with everybody um and I think Brad was just gonna was in with JD well they were gonna do whatever together also so I think that there that is a pretty strong triangle there and then Jeannie was kind of just like I think Jeannie's in with them but she's kind of just also just doing her own thing like maybe she just figured like maybe I don't know if she either was left out of the vote Jeannie or she just was just doing her own thing and maybe sending a message um I thought it was interesting maybe that she put down Ricard it could just be because she had to vote for somebody and she didn't know who to vote for but maybe maybe she sees Ricard as a threat. Whereas I don't think anybody else sniffed that out yet.
1: Yeah. And G- and Jeannie is somebody who's so interesting because she's obviously so likable. Um, she obviously, you know, she reminds me of, uh, you know, Elaine in uh, uh, islands yeah. of the idols where everyone knows Elaine is very likable. Actually they got Elaine targeted early, but she managed to, managed to escape until I think the final seven, I could see a similar uh, trajectory for Jeannie Machini, where I don't know if she'll get to the end and, and win. I feel like people may not let her get there, but I feel like for someone like Jeannie, if she, this is the most dangerous part of the game for her. If she can make it through the first three or four votes and then make it to the swap and then the merge, you can pencil her in, I think, for like the final like six or seven. Maybe then people will start to say, okay, she's a social threat. She has to go. But if Jeannie can just make it through these first few votes and it seems like people really like her and trust her, I think she, she'll go far. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts, Dylan, now that we're back to Survivor on The Whispering because... I, I I don't know. Maybe I'm too much of an old school fan, but I feel like I'm fine with the whispering if you're in your seat. I I just I feel like when you get out of your seat and then you know you're whispering and you're moving around and we can't we don't know what you're saying. I feel like we just lose a lot of the strategy there. I was fine with it because I think they did a good job of
0: getting subtitles out this time. We, whereas, we, we whereas, did
1: four subtitles, you're right, right, right. Which was
0: in the past, Um, in Winners of War, we had zero clue what was going on half the time. So I think they did a good job. of that. In that case, I'm fine with it. I also think it made for a very exciting first tribal. So right now I'm fine with it. I hope they continue to do well with the subtitles. The only time they took away the subtitle was that, was when Chantel and JD were discussing who to uh, vote well, out. Yeah, obviously, which, yeah. which, was, which was perfect, obviously. So I think they did a good job with that. Um, and I'm fine with it personally. Uh I just I'm still like again, like like uh Vignesh here. Um he says if Ricard did what you two said he did, that is brilliant. I'm curious to see the strategy behind this because again, we will we this is unprecedented this stuff. The shot in the dark has never been done, so there's no strategy behind that. I think that that's my only Cause why would he just like, why would Brad's name be thrown out? It had to have been to try to make her feel safe and not have her use a shot in the dark. And I think people are going to start inventing a lot of new strategies based on this shot in the dark thing.
1: Yeah. I, and listen, that's what we want to see. We, we we are fine with twists as long as they don't break the game, but more than anything else, we want to see the game evolve because the show has been on for 41 seasons for a reason, because the game keeps evolving. So we would love to see people come up with different strategies uh, to utilize these advantages. Um, I, I know I know we're gonna to get to questions and comments soon. I do want to bring up TT and factions in the chat's comments. So really quickly, Dylan, I want to ask you on Abraham's tribal and Sarah's tribal, do we think it was the right decision for the people who made it and who maybe made a wrong decision? So obviously, if everybody voted out Abraham, I think that like th- there was not a wrong decision there. I don't think um David and Xander voting out one of the other guys. Just from how that tribe is shaping out, I don't think it's going to be guys versus girls, so I think they'll be fine. The Sarah votes, do you think that was good for the people involved that got rid of Sarah? I
0: want to say yes, um, but I'm also biased because everyone wanted JD to stay, right? So it was like a relief that JD didn't go home. But from the other players' from the other players' perspective, would it have been smarter to keep JD? I think that with JD, is obviously he is playing the game hard, but I think that his personality and could be, could be vital to future alliances. And I think that that's why they kept him around strictly. So I think that while the edit made it seem like he could have possibly been getting himself in trouble. I also think his personality is what kept him there tonight.
1: Here's what I'm wondering. And i granted, I I love that lately survivor has been doing like flashbacks so we can see things that we missed before. So I want to see if they maybe do this, but I wonder if there was a conversation that we missed that maybe explains more of why Sarah went. I mean, we can, we can make the obvious case that Sarah or Brad or JD, Sarah clearly um, is not as strong in the challenges as Brad or JD. She also lost it on the puzzle. So they maybe just wanted to vote to keep the tribe strong. Maybe Ricard and Chantel were like, we're driving this vote. who should go. And they said, Brad's going to be stronger. So let's just keep him. And I, and I did say, I don't want to go against my own rules. I did say, you should maybe try to keep the tribe strong at first. But I got to think for someone that's very smart like Chantel, Dylan, you want to play with people, I feel like, where you know where they're coming from because you maybe can predict their next move. I feel like when you have a Brad in the game or a Keith Nail where they can just say the wrong thing at any time and blow up your game, I feel like that's such a dangerous player to leave in the game. Now, granted, maybe it's good to leave Brad in because it's a six-person tribe. There's nowhere to hide, so you need to win challenges. But I got to think, if Chantel and Three episodes from now ends up going on to a switch, a swap tribe with Brad, and Brad makes like another like verbal mistake and he just keeps giving up things. I got to think she cuts him or something because having someone in the game that can just combust and ruin strategy is way more risky than somebody who you can at least predict their next move.
0: Yes, I actually think Brad. I think Brad and Chantel are also closer than we anticipate mm. because it showed them talking after the whole Sarah Chantel thing happened. My guess is that they resolved whatever the issue was. Brad probably said something like, Oh, I just like had to say something. So I just said it because it was like, you guys both were doing the puzzle, but like, I didn't mean anything. Like I'm still with you. Like he probably like resolved it. Cause it seems like that they obviously they voted together and they were discussing the vote. So I think that they're tight right now. But like you said, I think that could come, uh, come out during the law. uh, it could come into play during uh, down the line what, with with what you're saying about Brad. Um, also, with Brad is that he clearly was like the workhorse around camp, and I think that like he's that provider right now for them. And right right now, with such little supplies and no food, they need a guy like that. So I think that that's another major reason why he was safe tonight.
1: And listen, we haven't even got to any bad weather yet, which we know was coming, and we haven't seen some of the other physically demanding parts of the game but that th- I gotta say also this is just so brutal because this is on day I think I think this is on like day two or three and we've already lost two people and we I think the people who lost the challenge also had to give up their their flint they had to give up their flint that they that they got from that sw- uh, sweat or uh savvy challenge I mean like that's just you know. This is just a brutal game. Also, I do like uh, TT uh, bringing up. Um, I think Sarah had this had this burn in her confessional where she's like, "Brad's playing like Survivor 2000. He's playing yeah. the Borneo version." That is that is funny. Um, mm-hmm. Now I, I want to talk about a guy that we haven't brought up at all basically
0: yet, um, who was a major topic of our preseason discussion. Um, David Voce, um, mm. who is going by Voce, he seemed to be a lot more socially aware than I anticipated. I thought he was going to be the gamer right away going to be, you know, scoped out as that, whereas he kind of just did a nice job of blending in tonight. But, um, and I, I think, I think that he's, he's, I think obviously his ceiling is, is doing very well in this game and going far and his floor could be going out next, next tribal. Now, what's going to be interesting is are people scoping him out as that gamer type or is he kind of blending in socially? We'll have to see. Evie did have a comment. I don't know if you caught it where she was like, I'm kind of 50, 50 on him. So I think it'll just be interesting to see what, what goes on there. Um, I think Evy, in terms of that tribe, is in a great position. Uh, and I think that after tonight, Tiffany is also in a very good spot because they are very tight, them too, it seems. Um, yeah, any any other thoughts on on, on Voce?
1: Yeah, and we're going to go more into this tomorrow when we do our superlatives, maybe, you know, who are uh, our top three, bottom three, or who are we buying or who are we selling? But yeah, no, uh, Voce, I think, is going to be a great character. We said this in the bios that... Whether he flames out early or whether he goes far, he's going to be great TV to watch. And like we said, he's going to be very, you know, um, you know, professional and nice in front of people. But he's going to be very biting in the confessionals, which where he's all where he's like, "Oh, I guess I'll do the challenge with Xander. Are you kidding me? I don't want to do the challenge with Xander. Yeah. I don't want to be isolated from the tribe. Yeah. Only an idiot would do that. So clearly, um, if this was Brain, Broad, and Beauty, he would be on the Brains tribe. Clearly, I would have loved to see him like maybe swap him with like David Sampson see how he and Cass interact but um, I just think that he's going to be great TV to watch he clearly knows the game because he knows that he doesn't want to be isolated at any point from others but I think if he can just you know maintain good relationships and he doesn't get on someone like Evie's radar he could do potentially well
0: yeah and I'm really curious to see uh how serious Jeff is when he says the tribes are gonna be whittled down there's not gonna be that many swaps I kind of find that hard to believe I think that maybe the merge just be might just be later I think that maybe maybe the tribes will get whittled down um when it's a. I I just I I don't know if I could see like maybe they'll just keep it at three tribes so they get whittled down a little bit more but maybe they could be swapping still because I just I personally I like that kind of uh Yeah, that kind of that kind of twist, obviously, there
1: has to be one swap. Maybe maybe they will merge later because right now we just went from 18 to 16 already um, in the first episode. Uh, And I think there has to be one swap. I know in some seasons like Cambodia and winners at war, uh, we've gotten uh, and I think actually even in Ghost Island, we've had two swaps before the merge based on what Jeff is saying, we can, I think, I don't think we'll see two swaps, but we have to see one. I don't think they're going to let a tribe get dwindled down to like two people before they do it. So I I could say maybe we get through um, maybe two more votes and then we do a swap, but I guess we'll see.
0: Yeah, I think it'll be, it'll be definitely interesting to see. Um, Now, before we head off tonight, just wanted to see if anyone has any more questions tonight that could be answered. Um, Obviously there was a lot that went on tonight. We're going to be talking tomorrow more about it on our, uh, on our uh survivor superlatives podcast the first one ever uh 1015 eastern time tomorrow uh so look that should be interesting we're gonna you know talk more more about this episode but i think that some of the twists that they did introduce tonight were big hits in my opinion and i think that sometimes you know you have to worry about survivor uh or are they gonna make the right choice is the twist gonna be too much the summit twist if i had to rate it out of 10 i would have it an 11. i think it was exceptional and i think the shot in the dark could evolve strategy. And I think that Ricard is, is on his way to doing that. At least he might've done it in the first episode. Um, so I think that we're going to get a lot of new strategy this season and we're going to get a lot of evolution in the game.
1: Yeah. And like Dylan said, please, uh, before we head out, put any comments or questions in the chat and we'll go over them before we uh, hop off. Um, and yeah, I'm excited for the Superlatives podcast tomorrow. I wanted to say quickly that we are starting it at Thursdays at um at 10:15 Eastern. So the plan is to do the live recaps after every Wednesday episode. So you know next week when we're back to one hour hour, we'll be live at I think 9:15. We'll be live. Um, and we're gonna aim for the Superlatives to be the next night on Thursdays, just so you can get back to back nights of coverage. That being said, uh, Dylan and I do have two different work schedules, so if we ever need to swap it to like a Sunday or or a Monday or something, we will let you know on our Twitter. Uh, at Soul Survivor Pod, just to let you know if there are any changes. Um, we do have a brand new qu- uh, question from Mirror here. that yes, says, so this is something. That,
0: so this is something that I wanted to address. So my bad, uh, Mirror Domains, who has the question here that we did not address this, but this is the good thing that you brought up. This is why we ask uh, the fans to to write in the comments because you know sometimes there's something that we forget.
1: Yeah. So, a, I was gonna say yeah, there's too much. We try to keep track of too much during the <laughs> episode. But Mirror says. How do you think the game within a game is going to work for the, for the fans? So I will admit, just because we had to prepare for the podcast, I didn't go to that website yet. Maybe I'll go on and check it out. I'm looking on Twitter to see if uh, Dylan, if I can find the, uh, the I think it's called, an not an edic, it's called a, um, a Re- rebus puzzle to see if yeah. we can solve it. Li- oh, I found it. See if we can solve it live on the podcast. So I
0: I, I looked at it. I didn't actually try and solve it yet. um, Just because again, there was a lot going on today. Uh, We were, we were uh, there was a lot to unpack. Um,
1: So really quickly, it looks like there's a, um, for anyone that hasn't seen it yet. I don't think, I mean, if we can get it on the screen, we can, but if not, we'll just describe it There there. There's like an ice cream sundae minus a sun. Then there's a wand minus D and then a plus lions. So right away, I think Alliance is the second word, a lions, then you have the first part, which is an ice cream minus sun or like Sunday. So if you minus sun, that would be day, right? Right. Then uh, one minus D is one. Day. Uh, oh, I got it. I got it. So,
0: I, oh yeah, the last one is alliance.
1: So, so what is it? So you solved it. So I, what think is it? I, I if I'm right, I mean maybe I'll tell you on the on the website. I think it's day one alliance. I think
0: yes, that's that is what I assume there as we well. Yeah. Even though I have to, yeah. I have to admit before I even was able to look at it, you got it. So good stuff there, Ryan. Uh, we'll but could, yeah, yeah. yeah, From from now on, next week, uh, honestly, we should probably do this every single time where we either try to solve it on the thing or solve it before and explain it because uh, it is pretty cool.
1: Yeah. And and listen, next time, if we can figure it out, like if we can get like a a screenshot of it, we can maybe put it on the screen next time. And then before you and I say what it is, maybe we can see if the audience can guess it as well. Um.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, But yeah, that pretty much wraps up for uh, tonight's, uh, tonight's episode recap. I'm so excited to be back. I can't wait to be doing the second podcast. Uh, we're going to try to get some former players and guests on here as well, like we did for Winners at War. Um, so we're going to get working on that. Um, let us know in the comments, anybody you want to have us, uh, anybody that you think should, that we should have on. Also, yep. be sure to like this video. Uh, if you're watching right now, be sure to, you know, flood the comments section, uh, subscribe on Apple, Spotify, follow us on Twitter at Soul Pod, Instagram at Soul SoulSurvivorPod. Uh, and look, I'm excited to get going this year.
1: It's been 16 long months. I didn't think we would make it, but we are back. And then we have a whole new season to discuss week after week. And then they even were able to film 42, so we'll be back right at it in February. So all great stuff on our end, Dylan.
0: Yep, I'm excited. So as so now, would you like to do the honor? Yeah.
1: I I, I keep forgetting. So we may have some new audience members, and I I love to see this. I saw some familiar faces, but I saw a lot of new faces. So thank you to everybody. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for everyone who came out to support us tonight. We got a lot of comments. You know, this is our favorite part. I have to just say quickly, Dylan, that we always say this, but it's always fun to record and it's always fun to see comments once we post these to our YouTube channel. But the best part about doing this podcast is getting to talk about it with others in the community and just seeing what other Survivor fans think. We love talking about it with you. And like Dylan was saying, if you're new here, how we always wrap up the show is... We always use Jeff's uh, famous catchphrase when they are leaving tribal council after they just voted out somebody. So you lost Abraham, you lost Sarah. So now what we tend to say to end things off is uh, we got nothing else for you. So grab your torches and head back to camp. Good night.